0: Yesterday, I stayed in Needles and the elevation was like 400 something feet. And today I'm in Flagstaff and the elevation is like 6,900 feet, which is 69. But um, I don't really have a point to that. I just thought it was interesting. I am definitely feeling the altitude a little bit, a little bit of short breath, a little bit like meh. And then the dry air just in general, like I'm Very, very used to being close to the ocean. So my sinuses are pretty pretty swollen up and irritated from it. I have some saline spray and so I've just been using that, but it's not perfect. What would be perfect is like a mister that puts like moisture into the air. But uh, I'm not traveling with one of those. I'm not, that would be, that would be silly. Take up a lot of trunk space. I I like wanted to record, but I'm also kind of like just in this mood where I'm just kind of like do 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 So like I feel like I'm gonna record because I'm, that's what I'm doing. You're listening to it, so obviously I did it. Gosh, but I'm like. Am I gonna say anything that makes sense? I don't really know because my brain doesn't feel like it wants to make sense right now. So today I drove to Flagstaff. I went through um, a whole bunch of like areas that all just looked pretty different from each other, which was really cool. I was just had my playlist on, which I'm planning to link to my playlist in case anybody wants to know what I listened to on the road uh for this trip and we're just enjoying it one of my friends tried to call me and i was like no because i was enjoying my alone time and there was no traffic really just i mean there was like a ton of cars but we were all at pace together um i did have a road friend for a while but I don't know, they weren't weren't as cool as my road friend yesterday with their tie-downs. It was just, I don't know, I just felt relaxed. It was kind of nice, like I'd be in the car and it'd be kind of cold from the air conditioner and then I would step outside and it'd be like really fucking hot and it like kind of felt good. And then I'd get back in the car. Uh, I stopped a couple times to take pictures, but I didn't really, there really wasn't anything like you know, to really stop and see like there's no Vista points or anything really like really close by. Like everything was like 40 miles off the beaten path. So I got to Flagstaff around like 2.30 or so and I got a room and then I came in and took a nap. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll go do something. But by the time I woke up from the nap, uh, most of the parks and stuff were already closed. The only thing that was open was the observatory. And I just, that's too many people in an enclosed space. It's just, I'm not comfortable. I don't have the right kind of mask to wear. Like I only brought the kind of mask that protect everybody else. I don't have the mask that protects me. And I take cooties very, very seriously because if I get sick, and I'm not talking about COVID, I'm just talking about cooties in general, I could relapse and I don't wanna do that. People with chronic fatigue syndrome, the number one cause of death for people with chronic fatigue syndrome is suicide and it's after a relapse. Like when people kind of start to get their lives back and then they get a cold or something and they crash. And a lot of times what happens is they're sicker than they were the first time and it just feels impossible. And I don't I don't I don't want to go back there. I'm not saying that I would kill myself, but I I don't want to go back there. Like, and I can absolutely understand why cuz when I was at the height of my sickness, I told my doctors that I wanted it to kill me because I was done. I didn't I did not want to live that way if I was going to live that way for the rest of my life. Cuz at that point I couldn't drive a car. <laughs> you know, I could couldn't go to the bathroom without needing to lay on the floor before I moved myself back to the couch to lay on the couch to recuperate from moving myself from the bathroom you know it was like 20 feet it was too much to travel I couldn't watch TV because it caused me fatigue being a passenger in a car caused me fatigue and when I say fatigue like a lot of people be like oh well you know I'm I'm fatigued after work or whatever and it's not the same you're tired after work sometimes you have fatigue like you fatigued your muscles from working out or or whatever but unless you actually have like chronic fatigue or whatever you're not going to experience that kind of fatigue it's like I don't know a lot of people I talk to when they get colds they don't experience the fatigue I my entire life if I was getting sick I knew I was getting sick because I would be so fatigued that I would just I would go lay in the bathtub all day like and I've talked to people who are like no I don't really get that but I mean maybe that was a sign of what was to come but it's like it's like you're you have a lead blanket on you it's hard to breathe it's like squeezing your brain I don't know how to explain it it's just it's torture it's awful, so i don't I don't do things that could expose me if I ever have to go somewhere where there's a lot of people i wear will wear a mask that protects me um, since nobody else wants to do that anymore. you know, um obviously, I'm not worried about getting weird looks because I have a shaved head and tattoos and stuff, and I've been getting a lot of looks like sometimes I forget. You know, that I live in a little bubble of tolerance and acceptance and weirdness by living in the Bay Area. And when I travel outside of that, people are nice, but they're also not used to seeing people who look different. And so they stare a lot, you know. I was going to say something else and I got on a tangent and totally like forgot what I was going to say, but... You know, I was talking to my friend um, because she gets mistaken for a man a lot, and it can be hard on her when she's in the bathroom and people are like, "You need to go use the other bathroom." And that used to happen to me like a lot. And when I got sick, it stopped happening, and I'm not sure why. Because my entire life, I have been misgendered, and something—I don't know if my body language changed because I—I lost like all my, I used to be really, really strong and I lost all my muscle and I like have floppy arms now and my shoulders are kind of rolled forward in a more traditional female way because women tend to um, roll their shoulders forward as a way to kind of like hide their breasts and they do it subconsciously. Uh, And it's a really common posture to see and, I didn't used to do that, I always have my shoulders back and my arms open. And so I would like go, you know, like have short hair or whatever and go into a bathroom and have women like screech and be like, you don't belong in here and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I do, <laughs> like, you know, like all you gotta do is like look lower than than my hair we look at my face look at my ass i have i have ass for days and i have never seen a man that has an ass like mine you know it's not my hips were made for pushing babies out my son came out in 6 hours he was my first baby and he fucking flew out you know and like yeah i i'm very, like, feminine build, but I just did not carry myself in that way. And because of my hair and stuff, so people would just be like, "Oh, you're and, like, freak out. Like, one time, it happened a whole bunch of times in a short period of time, and I got real tired of it. And then this lady, she was just like, you don't belong in here, like, blocking me. So I pulled up my shirt showed her my tits. I was just like, shut up. Like You know, I actually said something a lot ruder to her, but... um yeah, it's, I have mixed feelings, right? Because men are a threat to women. And I'm sorry if that bothers you. If you're a man and you're like, well, I'm not a threat. Well, if you if that's your first thought, you're kind of part of the problem because like you got to recognize that there's a bigger issue um, and it's not just about you. And like, So women feel threatened by men, so there's a reason why they would feel threatened by a man being in the bathroom. But at the same time, stranger danger is bullshit. Like, statistically, if some shit's gonna happen, some perv's gonna do pervy things, some raper's gonna do raper things, statistically, it's gonna be somebody you know, not some fucking random person. And... It's just, it's so highly improbable that you're going to randomly run into a perv in a bathroom that it's not really realistic or healthy to be assuming that the first person you run across that doesn't like fit or you think doesn't fit is actually a threat. But it says something about our culture and it says something about the state of the world and the experience for women experiencing the state of the world that they feel threatened so easily and so quickly. And it's, you know, it's a mix of the fact that, yeah, men are a threat, you know, but also the hysteria caused by stranger danger because the stranger danger shit, it it changed the way that we parent like overnight, just it, we changed so quickly how we treat our children and that like mindset, the fear, the fear mongering that's in media, even if like all of it was only directed at parenting and at children's safety, I keep hitting the mic. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, it still impacts the way that we perceive the world around us. So, you know, you can't just like perceive a threat in one direction. We're going to start perceiving threats everywhere. So like the stranger danger stuff basically amplified the fear. So instead of having like some basic common sense fear where you stop and assess the situation, people are very quick to sort of knee-jerk react and stuff. And so I think like all of this stuff like feeds into it. Um, and... This is like totally, I think, separate from like the trans issue and bathrooms and stuff because that's, that's such nonsense too. Like, you know, is it possible for there to be like pervy trans person? Absolutely. Trans people are people. They, they absolutely could be shitty fucking predators. Are they statistically more likely to be predators? Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, and there's so few trans people in comparison to, like, everybody else that they're way less likely. It's way less likely you're going to run into, like, a trans person that's a threat, you know. But nobody wants to, nobody on the, you know, anti-trans bathroom stuff wants to, you know, deal with that. I do find it interesting, though, that these people who freak out about women who don't fit the expected whatever of what women are supposed to look like, that a lot of these women are probably women who are like, no, trans people should be able to use the bathroom. Like, I don't think that, like, these women who are screaming at me and trying to chase me out of the bathroom are the women that uh are like anti trans rights and shit like that like i think probably the opposite and that they probably don't even like realize like the um not the irony but the whatever there's a word there and you probably know the word so i'm not i'm not going to you know and the reason why i think that has to do with location because of where i live and because I live in an area that considers itself progressive. And I think that a lot of those people are full of shit and say what they think they're supposed to say because they want to fit in with the environment that they live in, but they actually haven't really thought about it and don't really, you know, like they say all the right things and I think they want to believe those things, but they haven't done the work to live in the world that they say that they believe in if that makes sense i'm not saying that they don't that that they secretly don't believe that stuff it's not that it's that they haven't done the work to live in the reality that they say that they support so when they are faced with that reality they don't deal with it as well as they say so it's like like people who say they're not racist who then show bias when looking at resumes or whatever. You know, like, they may not be intentionally racist, but they have, like, a bias that's built in and they haven't done the work, right? So that's what I'm talking about. It took me a while to get to that point, but that's that's what I meant. I mean, we all have that a little bit because bias is a natural uh, side effect of pattern recognition, which our brain does really, really well. Um, But we just need to be mindful of it. We also need systems in place that minimize the opportunity for bias to be part of the deciding factor and things. I heard this guy talking and he was saying how, um, when I say this guy, he was like a professor or an attorney or something. I can't remember. Maybe he was a professor of law. Anyway, he said that like when he accepts resumes to hire people, um, he is explicit that he doesn't want anything identifying. So he doesn't want to know what school they went to. He wants to know what their degree was in um, so that he knows that they have the knowledge, but he doesn't care what school they went to. Like that shouldn't matter. And, you know, like things like gender name all that needs to be removed before he goes through the resumes and it's i think that that's like a great idea and i think that like we should do that as much as we can because we can't we can't stop the bias we can mitigate it we can manage it but it's always going to be there to a certain extent because that's how our brains work and our culture our society, our education system is absolutely not built to give people the critical thinking tools that are needed to do the work to manage their biases. I mean, we don't even value personal accountability in our culture. We say we do, but we don't because we don't look to people who are personally accountable and uphold them as the ideal. We don't worship those people. We don't applaud our peers for doing that. Like, it's it's kind of pretty much seems like it's the opposite. Like we respect people who get away with shit. We give power to people who lie, steal, and get away with shit. We obsess and worship over, you know, People who haven't like worked for what they have. It's just, yeah. Who pursue Katy Birdie? It's not a thing. But it should be. Should be. So tomorrow I will go down to where I'm going. Uh, Snowflake, Arizona. And if you look it up on the map, it's a tiny, tiny little area. I think there's, I think the population is like 5,000 people or something. So, um, not tiniest, but pretty small. And then the property that I'm going to is like eight miles outside of that down a dirt road that's apparently very bumpy. Um, So, my car is going to freaking love that. (laughs) But uh, then I'll go see the RV and. Um, the seller, she, apparently her neighbors come and hang out, so there might be socializing. And I kind of, like, freaked out about that earlier and, like, reminded myself that I can go hide in the RV if it's too much for me. I, um, evenings have been kind of hard for me lately because my mast cell stuff has been flaring and my, my gut will, like, be really uncomfortable, like, hurts because it, like, bloats up so much. So... I'm not sure that I'll fill up to socializing, but I will remain open to it because it sounds like she has a lot of interesting neighbors and stuff. Um, People who built their own houses, they live off the grid. She was telling me about one person that he built his house into the hillside, and the shape of the house um, accommodates trees and stuff. And like he's got like an actual solar oven. And stuff like that, like not like a, not like a solar oven with solar panels, but like a oven with a hole to the outside where the light is focused inward so that you get all that heat and stuff so that's pretty cool you know it's a that's a commitment it's an interesting lifestyle and I feel like there's probably like a lot of weight taken off you know, and I'm I'm curious to see, like, once I'm in the RV, if I feel that way too. I don't know. My friend, he, he works in law and deals with, like, um, I don't know what the word is. Basically, situations where bad things happen and people get hurt and die because of something. And they sue the company that made the thing that did the damage. So, for example, somebody's tire blows and people are damaged or injured, I should say, or die because the car flipped over or whatever, there'll be a lawsuit for the tire company. Um, and so he works in that kind of law. And so he's like really... um really exposed to a lot of yucky, scary, how things go wrong kind of thing. So he messaged me and he started being like, you know, do you have this? Do you have that? Blah, blah, blah. These are the things that go wrong. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm gonna die in a fire. I don't want to live in an army. But bad things happen no matter where you're at. But like the most... I guess the most common cause of fires in RVs are the fridges. They're like propane powered. And one of the primary causes or believed to be primary causes is having like cobwebs and stuff around the the starter, lighter thing. So obviously I'm gonna pull the fridge out and I'm going to clean back there. And um, the same for the water heater if i'm ever in a situation where i have access to electricity i will switch to all electric stuff and move away from propane because that will make it a little bit safer but you know like wiring and it's in a it's a it's a structure that moves regularly and bounces around and stuff so <laughs> but like i just was like oh shit you know <laughs> Also a lot of these things that happen they're user error. It's not that the tires are going boom on them, it's because they didn't take care of the tires. The tires are too old, they're underfilled, overfilled, whatever. The user error. He he said that like the primary cause of like propane tank failures is because people overfill the tanks. So, you know, like basic prevention goes a long way. You know, like wearing masks and stuff. No, wait, wearing masks doesn't work because wearing masks protects everybody else. That's not prevention. That's being Kurd gifts to other people, but we can't ask people to do that. That's too much work. Don't do that. sarcasm, by the way, in case it wasn't obvious from like my words not making sense that I was being sarcastic. It's not really bedtime yet, but I'm kind of thinking maybe I'm going to go to bed pretty soon because I don't know. I'm tired, feeling idle, and I could like sit here and like record for another 30 minutes probably pretty easily, but like, you know, I I only want to record when I'm, like, feeling it and not, like, just make filler, you know? And right now, I'm, like, sitting in this, like, big-ass plush bed, just, like, super relaxed. Like, I feel a little bit high, to be honest, but I'm not high because that's not really my thing. I get high on life, man. Who... <laughs> Oh my god! Like this, so the ads on Twitter for teaching um, Chong's like THC gummies—they're hundred percent legal, man. <laughs> if you haven't seen them, you don't know. But the ads are like really prolific on there, and they say they're a hundred percent legal, and it's so funny. I keep like it keeps popping in my head. They're they're a hundred percent legal, man. Man, I loved teaching Chong when I was a kid. And, yeah, my parents let me watch that. They didn't they didn't care, but I love that. Get out of my room and leave me alone. Uh, oh, man, you scratched my favorite record. Like, that whole... Like, I used to listen to that album. I liked to watch the movies, too. They were funny. My parents were still in there, so... To me like that was just, it was like my parents' culture being kind of made fun of on TV. It just it just made sense to me. But like, is there anything like that now? Is there a modern day equivalent to Cheech and Chong for the younger generation, you know? I can't, I like, I have no idea. Like, if you know, let me know, because I'm very curious. You know, I probably won't find it funny the way I found Chichin Chong Chong funny when I was 10 years old, but I, you know, I just feel like they were such a unique set of characters. And then that makes me think of Born in East LA. And he's like, teaching them how to, like, behave and he was, like, doing the thing with the hat. He was like, hey, what's happening? And he was like, you know, like, you're waving a fart. Like, that scene was so funny to me that I would rewind it and, like, watch it again and, like, laugh. Anything with farts, really. Like, Stephen King's It, there's a scene in the book where the bad kids are hanging out, I think, in the dump or something. Junk, junkyard. And they light and their farts on fire. And the way that Stevie King described it was so funny. Like I would go back and reread that segment over and over again and just laugh. I was like 11 years old or so when I read that book and I just laughed over and over and over again. So I, I guess I have a thing for farts, but <laughs> that, that's not surprising. That's not a new revelation. 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 Well, I don't know if this is enjoyable to listen to. I guess we'll find out. I'm going to go get ready for bed because tomorrow I get to meet my new home in person and I'm not nervous, you're nervous.